It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In the few weeks since Sarah Everard was kidnapped and murdered on her way home, something seems to have broken. Around the country, the floodgates have opened. Girls, who've suffered in silence for years at some of England's top schools, are finally speaking out about the sexual abuse they've encountered. Intense anxiety. I would have like a panic attack on the way to school every day. In class, I would have boys crawling around on the floor pretending to pick up a pen and they'd be taking photos of my skirt. As a stream of harrowing stories emerges, many are asking... How was this ever allowed to happen? One boy who had sexually assaulted a girl was made to stack books in a library. That was seen as an appropriate punishment for a sexual assault. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the rape culture at Britain's elite private schools. When I started looking at this story, it was when somebody had sent me a message which alerted me to this Instagram site. It's called Everyone's Invited. I'm just uh, trying to open it up now on the computer. Yep, and I can see that, in fact, the number of anonymous testimonies on the site has now gone up since the last time I looked at it. It's now standing at 5,684. That's Sean Griffiths, the Education and Families Editor at The Sunday Times. When I first looked at it, it had about 3,000 testimonies. And as I started to scroll through the testimonies, I just became more and more alarmed, really, because some of the testimonies were very graphic. They were describing what they were calling a rape culture Mm. at schools, including some of England's top private schools. I mean, the kinds of experiences that are being described, girls being forced to perform sex acts uh, on people against their will... Uh, there were, there was, there's, yep, there's testimony uh, even about alleged rape. Lots of them were talking about when they were at school, they had been rated on apps, you know, from one to ten in terms of sexual attractiveness. Many of them also talking about if they had been going out with somebody as a teenager, that they might have shared an intimate photo with the person they were going out with and that that photo had found its way online and was now available for anyone to see on the internet. So a lot of really, really shocking things. A lot of these cases do seem to be from private schools, from public schools. Is, is that a bit of a theme? I worked on this story with two other people, um, Isabel Stanley 
and Eloise Barry, and we analysed the numbers of testimonies and tried to group them into types of schools, names of schools. And we discovered quite early on that private schools were absolutely, overwhelmingly, uh, the majority of cases. And some private school names were coming up again and again. So we looked at the 3,000 plus testimonies. Latimer Upper School was mentioned 103 times in our initial analysis. And St Paul's Boys School was mentioned 25 times. State schools were mentioned only 15 times. And I discovered that the person who had created the site uh, was a 22-year-old called Soma Sara. She had been a pupil at Wickham Abbey Boarding School, which is another very good private school. What she was saying was that teenage sexual abuse didn't just exist when she was at school. It absolutely thrived. This is a quote from her, for instance. Sex was a palpable presence throughout my teens. Disgusting behaviour was trivialised. It could be sexual coercion, rape, catcalling, sexual bullying, stealthing, non-consensual condom removal, image-based abuse, that's revenge porn, and victim blaming. Yeah. And she says sexual abuse was rife. I mean, what she says is that talking to her friends, they'd all discovered they had so many experiences of sexual violence that they weren't talking about, not even to each other, and certainly they weren't talking about, about them to their parents. And that's when it started. And she'd set up the site because she knew that young girls and young boys were having a pretty difficult time in, in many of the schools, and she wanted to give people a place to describe uh, what had happened to them while they were of school age. And everyone's invited, that was the result. So Masara started the Instagram account last year, but it went viral in the wake of the horrific death of Sarah Everard, who went missing on her way home in London. Her body was found a few days later. As the Everyone's Invited Instagram account suddenly went viral, it was like a dam bursting. Suddenly, searing accounts of horrific abuse were flooding in from pupils past and present. What then happened was that some pupils in some particular schools then started compiling open letters. And so we had open letters for King's College Wimbledon. We had an open letter for Dulwich College. There was an open letter for St Paul's Boys. And these open letters invited young people to submit their anonymous testimonies about these particular schools. They weren't necessarily all pupils who had gone to the schools, but they might have been pupils in neighbouring girls' schools or neighbouring co-educational schools. And they were alleging that they had been affected by the behaviour of pupils um, at, at these named schools. And those open letter sites started getting sort of 100, 150 testimonies apiece. And the people who set up those sites started to identify themselves. So it was no longer an anonymous story. Suddenly there were names, there were photographs of people who were willing to be identified as calling out this behaviour. And that kind of changed the story again, because you can read about a real person with a real photograph and a real account. And you've been in touch with some of the young women who are now speaking out. Tell me about Billy Errington. Yes, so Billy Errington is now a TV editor. She was one of the girls who was willing to be identified in relation to these stories. Billy attended James Allen's girls' school, and this is a school in South London, not very far away from Dulwich College, where Dulwich College is a boys' school. 
we knew a lot of stories about people who had been filmed while they were having sex and didn't know that they were being filmed and those images and films were being sent to other people in different years and just around school but I definitely heard rumors about a girl in my year and the way that her vagina basically had been described which was very upsetting to think that you might sleep with someone and think that you had a good relationship with them and then they spread rumors about the way that your body looks. Most of Billy's own encounters with boys from Dulwich College came when she set up a Facebook page for a feminist society. The page itself was just sort of invaded by boys who kept adding more and more boys and their only intention was to harass us, abuse us, Mm. be horrible to us and and, and essentially laugh at us. They weren't trying to engage in debate. They were trying to upset and scare us. Yeah. Dulwich College says it condemns unreservedly the alleged social and sexual misconduct by students, as described in the open letter, and they plan to hold lessons in future on issues like consent and pornography. Sean also spoke to another young woman who asked to remain anonymous. She'd attended private school in south-east England. I was very aware of sexism at the school as a problem. I went through a period of, like, very intense anxiety i would have like a panic attack on the way to school every day right and basically there was kind of like a range of different things going on i used to row at school there was one particular coach who was very much kind of touching you more than you needed to be touched and he would make kind of comments in front of everyone and he would like touch girls bums and one particular girl her boyfriend was also in the room and he, he would say like oh nathan's a lucky boy isn't he oh god right. which was just yeah. like in front of like yeah 40 kids yeah also like in class i would have kind of like boys crawling around on the floor pretending to pick up a pen and they'd be taking photos up my skirt right. and um, there were teachers, I think, who were aware of that. Right. But I don't, they obviously didn't do anything. And it was kind of, yeah, I was being kind of sent to the school counsellor and stuff because I was really, like, really not happy at school and I couldn't really work out why. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting quite, like, angry about the sexism and stuff that yeah. we were going through. And so me and my friend, we wrote this letter to the head teacher and it was basically everything that had ever happened at the school and the headmaster basically called us in for a meeting after he received the email the long and short of it was if you do an anti-sexism campaign yeah we as a school have to admit that we have a problem with sexism yeah we're not going to do that right yeah, it was very much about the reputation of the school, which is something that yeah. he was really pushing at the time. Yeah. And I think that made all of us feel very uncomfortable. And then I think in lower six, I had this like group of friends and there were a few boys who were like on the fringe of the group of friends. Yeah. But they all the boys had a group chat and two of them wrote in this group chat like it was like three or four screens worth of what they were going to do when they'd, like, kidnap me oh, and, God. like, right. rape me for three days. 
And their friends read that out to me just as a lunchtime activity. Right. And I think it had already been made very clear that the reputation of the school was the most important thing. Right. So I never told anyone. Right. And obviously nothing was ever done about it. But that was pretty traumatic, and I look back now and I think, no wonder you were terrified. Sean wasn't the only journalist at The Times covering the growing scandal. My name is Ben Ellery, and I am a news reporter at The Times. Ben published one of the first stories on the allegations of a rape culture in schools. In some ways, the, the floodgates just opened, and I suddenly had so many people getting in touch. Every day, people were dropping me emails or contacting me on Twitter, and it wasn't just, you know, the, the odd testimony. They would have dossiers of 200 accounts from current pupils, from former pupils, from boys, from girls, and it did sort of feel like a, a bit of a watershed moment where... This has been happening for, obviously, you know, a long time. And it felt like now the schools were having to kind of acknowledge it and um, take notice. Suddenly, you were being bombarded mm. with messages from people who were going through the same thing at different schools. Yeah. How, how did that feel? Were you, were you surprised by the sheer scale of it? I was. It was the scale of it, and it was also the the detail, you know, these young women, what they'd been subject to. One woman said to me that when you would walk into a room, you would try and make yourself as small as possible. You wanted to take up as least amount of space as possible because you felt like a target, and you were constantly, daily, subject to harassment, and it was wearing, it was exhausting and to read those kinds of accounts at such huge numbers was you know horrifying to read obviously for sean sexual abuse in schools is something she's been tracking for years about five years ago, the Women and Equalities Select Committee carried out a report into sexual violence in schools, and some of these issues did surface in that report. Maria Miller, who was the chairwoman of that committee at the time, I remember speaking to her a few years ago about the report, and she was calling out things like sexting and saying that was a problem in schools and that schools didn't know how to handle it. I thought, you know, well, you know, there had been a report uh, then it, it would get dealt with and that would be the end of it. What I didn't realise was that it, it seems as though it really has not been shut down and that it seems worse now than than, it's, than, than it was then when it was first identified in public. And one of the things that is coming through is that many people say that, you know, online porn has got quite a big part to play in all of this, that young boys um, are watching online porn and they're expecting teenage girls to kind of perform in the way that porn stars do. Um, and again, this is Soma saying that she thinks that online porn absolutely reinforces boys' idea that, you know, they have entitlement over women's bodies. I mean, consent 
in some of the porn films doesn't even exist. And 11, 12-year-old boys are watching these films and thinking that, yeah, this is, this is what sex is like, this is normal, and this is their sex education. Is the problem children's access to porn, or technology in general? Ben agrees that it does feel like sexual abuse amongst pupils is somehow worse than ever. I don't mean to minimise the problem and say, you know, it's, it's a new thing because, you know, I'm sure that this mm. kind of thing has always existed. But talking to the founder of the Everyone's Invited website, that it does feel like there has been a shift. And one of the, the reasons put forward for that is this increase in technology. And certainly from the testimonies I've read, I can, I can see that. Pornography is, is openly shared among pupils. You know, phones are, camera phones are ubiquitous now. So many accounts involved boys filming or taking photos without consent even. It wasn't just young women sharing uh, photos with boys. It was boys filming and uh, photographing girls without their consent and then subsequently sharing those photos with their friends. There was one girl I spoke to who had been photographed by her friend for an art project and she was topless and the art project was silhouetted but a boy had stolen the original photo and the girl later found out that evening that when she logged on social media all the boys in her class had changed their profile photo to that of her naked photo. So she went home logged on and and found this and she told me how violated she felt and you know you can just imagine that to be at that age and to to have that happen to you it was you know really really traumatic has social media made the problem worse We'll have more in just a moment. Get to the heart of the stories that matter every day with The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today and get one month free. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. For students today, social media is a way of life. When things work well, it makes everything so much more connected. But when things are going wrong, it has the power to amplify that. There is a remarkable amount of private schools that are on featured on these testimonies. And it was explained to me that there's a, a, a sort of private school bubble, certainly within London, where social media means that these pupils at schools are connected and some of the boys would meet up at parties from different schools that tried to impress each other with acts of sexual harassment. It became a, a weird currency 
for for these boys as a way of kind of I don't know you know show, showing off is how I, I had it described to me yeah almost sort of one-upmanship it's really interesting because we hadn't realized that they were sort of connected and maybe they'd be competing in that form I mean is there something about the culture in private schools in particular which seems to be fueling this the problem that some of these private schools have is that they were formerly exclusively boys and some of them, when they made the decision to take girls on, they didn't try and invest in their emotional well-being and essentially mm. they felt that they were f- girls in a boys' school. And that created um, a whole raft of problems. I, I was told several times by different former pupils that when they did complain to teachers, they were told, well, these boys, they just fancy you and they don't know how to express themselves. And, you know, you're just, you know, an attractive young lady. And, you know, it was kind of seen as an issue for them to deal with rather than we need to perhaps teach these young men how to how to behave and what isn't isn't acceptable behaviour. I mean, are the teachers almost complicit here? Quite a few pupils described to me that the teachers were out of their depth. And in some shocking examples, the teachers were trying to keep the boys on side. Some of these boys were unruly and it was almost felt that the teachers had to keep on the same team as the boys to keep them under control. And I even was told about examples where the teachers would join in with some of this horrendous banter, which, you know, you can imagine how it left these young women feeling. And that was their way of trying to maintain control of a classroom. And they were obviously completely ill-equipped to deal with what is, you know, becoming, as, as has been described to me, endemic. One boy who had sexually assaulted a girl was made to stack books in a library. That was seen as an appropriate punishment. For um, a sexual assault? Yes, for, for a sexual assault. That, that is astounding. And actually, some of these girls at the time, if something happened to them, they would almost feel bad for the boy and the boy would accuse them of lying or making it up and, and they would not want to um, be seen to be causing a fuss and would try and cover for the boy and, and then that creates a, a weird dynamic where they're feeling guilty for being a victim of assault. You know, I think uh, there's a, a term which is used nowadays, gaslighting, where someone does something and then denies that they did it and to uh, make you feel unsure of you know, exactly what is uh, real and what, what isn't. And I think a lot of that is what happened. There's certainly a lot of coercion involved as well. So, you know, guys who would pressure girls into doing things they didn't want to do. And a lot of the time, women spoke to me said that after the eighth, ninth time, you just give in. You just want to, you know, have a peaceful existence or you're scared of being accused of being frigid it's it's this sort of two different parallels where if you go along with it um the next day your your locker might have the word slut scrawled on it and if you don't go along with it you're accused by everyone of being frigid and the, the girls find themselves caught up in this very difficult place to be in and with the the people that you were talking to how had it affected them 
It obviously affected them a great deal. There were many accounts of girls coming forward reporting what had happened and it was treated so badly that they would later drop out of school. One student who reported the uh, sex assault and ended up dropping out and what happened with her alleged uh, assailant was that he was suspended and the boys would chant his name at house parties in support of him as if he was the wronged party. I was told that he later went on to, uh, you know, one of the Oxbridge universities. There was even one account of a girl who was raped three times on one day by the same guy and she ended up trying to take her own life. God, that's absolutely horrific. Yeah. There were also accounts, and again, the school has denied this, so I don't know, of a girl who reported the claim to school and was asked by the school to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And it was told... The school was asking a pupil to sign a legal agreement, keeping them quiet rather than dealing with a problem. Yeah, and was told by the school to imagine the impact that these accusations could have on the guy who had allegedly done this to her. Oh, wow. How? Yeah. It's just, it's so completely mad to think a school would do that. How did the women you spoke to, how did they seem? You know, how much damage has this done them? It's done a lot of damage. Many women I spoke to said that at the time they didn't actually realise how toxic the rape culture was at school and it was only once they'd left or gone to university and started having normal relationships with men that they were able to appreciate just exactly what they had been subject to. A number of the former pupils spoke out about how schools had worried more about their image than stopping the abuse. So how have schools reacted now that the problem has become so public? One of the things that's really surprised me reporting it is how quickly the schools have come forward to say, we acknowledge this was wrong, we acknowledge many of these things happened, we are investigating them, we are going to do all kinds of things from, you know, calling in independent consultants to inviting former pupils to come in and work with us to make things better. In a surprise move late last week, schools, including Dulwich College and Latimer Upper School, reported some of their pupils to the police. St Paul's Boys School said if they could identify any of the alleged perpetrators, then they would refer serious crimes to the police serious allegations, serious alleged crimes to the police, and they invited people to come forward if they had evidence. And since then, other schools have made similar statements, including Dulwich College. So I think this story has a long way to run. It's really interesting that they are willing to take it seriously. They are willing to go to the police with cases like this. Is it more complicated because the young men are often minors? Well, I spoke to one former headmaster of a, one of our top boys' schools. Um, I won't say the name because he asked me not to, but it's absolutely one of our top boys' schools. And he said that schools should have done this before, that absolutely calling in a police officer to give a 14-year-old a really sharp warning at a time when that 14-year-old's behaviour could be stopped. If you don't address it properly, you know, when, when it comes up, if you absolutely don't stamp it out, then that 
young person is at risk of growing up to be an adult who thinks it's okay to do some of these acts and some of these acts are criminal. There have also been calls for more oversight of private schools. Sean spoke to Ava Vakil, who wrote the open letter about King's College School in Wimbledon. So I mentioned in my letter some suggestions. Mm. I think there's a potential here for external bodies to be involved to conduct their own reviews and suggest solutions or like things that Kings can do going forward to improve this culture. Mm. I'm interested in seeing institutional change. For their part, King's College School Wimbledon say they are far from complacent and the troubling testimonies have shown them that there is more they can and will do. Over the weekend, the government stepped in, announcing a Whitehall investigation into the problem of rape culture in schools. Ofsted will launch emergency inspections of schools where problems are reported and if they aren't dealt with, officials will have the power to close schools down until they're deemed safe. Ava, like many of the open letter writers, also thinks schools need to improve the way they teach issues like consent. Pupils need more personal social education, or PSE. I think there needs to be much more regular and serious PSHE lessons focusing on the topic. Mm. I think there needs to be better representation of women as a whole, not just in a sexual context. Mm. Um, I also had a lot of people mentioning to me how Recently, I think on International Women's Day of all days, there was a talk about feminism, which resulted in some comments being made, such as, why are we talking about this? This is a boys' school. Mm. And I think it's that kind of culture that needs to be addressed, that this is not a problem that kings can step back from. It's a problem that involves them. Ben Ellery from The Times has heard similar suggestions from a number of former pupils. A lot more needs to be done in terms of personal social education. There should be uh, weekly lessons on this, rather than these kind of sex education lessons where you talk about the birds and the bees. There needs to be much more on how you know someone can consent and, and these issues such as coercion and gaslighting and pressuring in, into situations. It, it just calls for a much greater level of detail in the teaching and for the teachers as well to understand some of these issues because it it seems that perhaps they are privy to some of these lessons when they were growing up and and therefore don't really know how to deal with it now they're in those positions of trust. I actually have been told about school this week, St Paul's Girls in London, where Mm. they've brought a barrister in to talk to the girls about their rights. It's about empowering pupils to feel confident enough to speak out when they see something which shouldn't be happening. Was there anything out of having done all these stories and having spoken to all of these people, did you come away with anything that felt quite hopeful about the future? I felt slightly in awe. I felt really in awe of these young women in their early 20s who are speaking out now. They're clever, they're diplomatic, they're trying to get constructive change. They're not afraid to call out what they think is wrong. And and it must be a pretty scary thing to, to go up against, you know our top public schools, essentially. I mean, they're very, very establishment bodies. And, and to say, you, you got it so wrong. 
I thought I felt quite proud of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would have been as brave when I was when I was their age if I had been in that position. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, Sean Griffiths, Education and Families Editor at The Sunday Times, and Ben Ellery, crack news reporter at The Times. You can read more of Sean and Ben's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producer today was Brenna Daldorf, the executive producer is Poppy Damon, and sound design was by Carla Patella. If you have any thoughts on what you've just heard, then please do get in touch. As we all start to feel restrictions easing, we'd also love to hear from you if you've had an extraordinary outcome from lockdown. Perhaps it's a healed family rift, or maybe you've learned something you wouldn't otherwise have known. If lockdown has changed your life unexpectedly, then we want to hear from you. Please do send us an email to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. See you tomorrow. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.